effort. That was incredible. Let's do it again. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our bonus episode of Exploited. I'm Alexis Jowski. I, too, like to stick sharp things through my fingers. Oh, so do I. I'm Kevin Dealey. And this week we're talking about Return of the Living Dead 3, 1993, directed by Brian Yuzna. They vowed to stay together forever, that their love would never die. But their pledge remain untested. Oh, cool. No problem when the boss's son remember. Until they went looking for a thrill. And stumbled on the chilling fact. Let's proceed. That even the dead can go on living. They came into life. We gotta get out of here. And tonight, fate will put their promises <laughs> to the test. <laughs> now that she's dead. He's frightened to live without her. But bringing her back is terrifying. <gasps> oh, God, Kurt, that was incredible. Let's do it again. Contain it, damn it! Seal it off now! Is that what I'm gonna become? These poor dead bastards crave brains. She bit me dead. She did you something bad. It feels the hunger. Never find you down here. What have you done? If she attacks him, he becomes like her. I just get a little confused sometimes. No! Love never dies. Now, this is our first, but definitely not last, film by Brian Yuzna. But he is a great director of a bunch of low-budget horror films. We will see him again. At some point, we will do Society. We will do Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. We will do The Dentist. We will do the sequels to Reanimator. He did all of those. <laughs> and Beyond Reanimator. Yeah, he did Bride of Reanimator and Beyond Reanimator and... He also co-wrote Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I was going to say. And also Honey, I Shrunk the Kids for reasons. Yeah. He also worked very closely with Stuart Gordon, who directed all the Lovecraft stuff. Yep. Right? And he has now produced Dagon and From Beyond, which are all Lovecraft films. Yep. So this is not the, for the last time we will talk about Brian Yesna. Yeah, we're going to be involved with, with him a little bit. He's a great director, though. I mean, Return of the Living Dead 3 is not his tour de force, although there are great moments in here. Yeah. But you just wait, people. Our listeners might be thinking, why did we skip Return of the Living Dead 2? Because Return of the Living Dead 2 is like part one, but lesser. I mean, Return of the Living Dead is a great movie. Yes. It's fun, it's comedy, and um, Return of the Living Dead 2 tried to do that and kind of fell on its face, and it sucks. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty shit. Yeah, and then Return of the Living Dead 3 came out quite a while later and is a totally different kind of movie. Yeah, five years later, and uh, this movie was not what I was expecting it to be. Yeah, this is not a horror comedy. It really isn't. I mean, it's described as a horror comedy, but it... I think it's described as a horror comedy because the first one was. It's like a horror Shakespearean tragedy. I don't know how to describe it. It's it's unique. I mean, it's a horror comedy. It's listed as horror comedy because the previous ones were. It's like, let's pretend you had Naked Gun, Naked Gun 2 and a half, and then Naked Gun 33 and a third was a gritty, dark, noir film. Yeah. Exactly. That would still be said horror comedy because, you know, it's predecessors. But this movie, I love this movie. I watched it when I, I think it was my either, it was my 14th birthday. Oh, wow. You know, and I had to sleep over with friends. 
and we watched this movie and absolutely loved it. And then we watched uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That was the same night. That's a good night. Yeah. We watched this, and then we got the shit scared out of us with Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, that's also a very good movie. Um, So our cast, we have J. Trevor Edmund as Kurt. He didn't do a whole lot. He was in Meatballs 4. Why that's did- about it. We have four Meatballs movies. I. That's an excellent question. He was in Pumpkinhead 2 with Soleil Moonfry. We might do the Pumpkinhead movie sometime. We should definitely. It's one of those ones I feel like we should do at least the first one. Uh, Kurt's dad, Colonel John Reynolds, is played by Kent McCord, who did a lot of random TV shows, but he was also in Predator 2. Yes. Which, yeah, we'll do that someday. Uh, we should, yes. We have Melinda Clark as Julie Walker. Uh, she started her career as a regular on Days of Our Lives for 103 episodes. Quite a run. And then she was on Xena. Uh, she also did the movie Spawn. And then she I was, did see that, but it's been a long time since I've and seen And then it. she was the title role in the short-lived TV series Nikita. And we also have Sarah Douglas for the third time on this show. Because Sarah Douglas plays the, like, kind of villainous military woman. Yeah. Yeah, she was Queen Tamaris in Conan the Destroyer and Elsa Toulon in Puppet Master 3. So she's a, a regular on the show somehow. Yeah. And then I'll save the other cast member for when he shows up. So yeah, this movie, it was free with ads on Amazon. It's from Trimark, who had bought up the rights to Return of the Living Dead. And the way it played out is Trimark had the rights to this movie, and they're like, hey, we should make a Return of the Living Dead sequel. Let's contact Brian Yuzna. And Brian Yuzna was like, motherfuckers, I already have a script. (laughs) Like, he was planning to make this, and they called him, and he's like, oh, fucking perfect. I've been waiting forever. Yeah. So we start at uh, some secret military base, some Area 51 shit. In California. And, yep, in California, we get Colonel John Reynolds walking down the hallway. We get that low-angle Joe D'Amato crotch shot. Yep. Side Joe D'Amato noises. Yep. They're talking to Sarah Douglas as Colonel Sinclair. She wants to build, like, an exoskeleton for the zombies, but they... She wants to make little, little mini zombie, zombie mechs. She wants to make mechs, yeah. And they're like, no, we're gonna go with Reynolds' humane approach of building ice zombies, I guess. Yeah, I, the idea is this: they have these little bullets that they can just shoot into the zombie head. Because remember, the zombies in the Return of the Living Dead universe don't die unless you incinerate them. Yeah, you can... They can have no brain and keep on going. But you can apparently freeze the brain temporarily. Yeah, and this movie kind of explains it where it's like they eat brains to rebuild their own brain. And then we have the teenagers of 1993. Yeah. They're they're hanging out, playing with a Zippo lighter, listening to their collective soul or whatever. <laughs> a little bit about that era, yeah. Yeah, and they're like, oh, look at Julie. She's so mental because she plays with the Zippo lighter. You know, she she's she's reading Anne Rice and listening to Nirvana. And her boyfriend, Kurt, has a motorcycle. And he stole his dad's ID to the military base. So they're like, let's fucking go. Right, and apparently he's allowed on the base whenever the fuck he wants because he just rolls up and the guard's like, sure, dude, go on in. Yeah, you got a random girl on the back of your bike, whatever. Yeah, pre-9-11. Yeah. Top secret military installation. Yeah, and so... With this teenage boy and his his delinquent girlfriend in on their motorcycle. This military installation is... I don't know. It's like a big, gigantic warehouse that has trailers in it. Who knows? Yeah, because it's like these interconnected trailers, but they're also enclosed in a place. It is very uh, susceptible to being isolated. (laughs) For good reason. And they, they set continuity because they get this this older Colonel Peck is his name, who's like was Oh, you're a part of the original team that commissioned Trioxin from Darrow Chemical, right? Some yep, like good yep. callbacks. Trioxin yeah, yeah, the old trioxin gas in tubes packed with zombies, like uh like it's just tequila bottles with the worm in them. And did you know who Colonel Peck was? Uh uh-uh. uh. He played the grandfather in Charles in Charge. 
that that's his big role. He did a lot of other TV, but his main role was he was yeah. he was the grandpa in Charles in Charge. He's very he's he's a very nice guy in this movie. He is does he's, does his best. He's the nice military man. He does his best, but uh, he's overridden a few times. So when uh, Kurt and Julie roll up on the military base, and they're using the their stolen key card. It doesn't work at first. Until Julie licks it and goes... Uh, yeah, no idea what that means, but... Well, it means it's all on the tongue. That's what she says. That's what she says. Why does that work with the fucking e-card? I don't know. Exploitation. Yeah. I mean... She's, the- basically, she's basically implying, I'm going to blow you with this tongue later. The tongue is the tamest part of Julie's body we're going to see. True. Yeah, so they climb on top of these trailers and they start like looking down, like Julie thinks they're going to be experimenting on animals, but oh boy! Well, I mean they are, in a matter of speaking. That they walk past people like just burden up random body parts, and then they see the, the the test, the big experiment that they're doing, where they get this dead guy that's like all hooked up in the the Zardoz harness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that outfit? Yeah. Well, why why do you gotta cover the zombie's dick? Are you that much of a prude? <laughs> yeah, I guess. You know what don't work, right? <laughs> anyway, that zombie is played by a guy named Clarence Epperson, who was a homeless vagrant. Oh. And Yasna wanted to make sure that he would be there for shooting, so he paid to set him up in a hotel. And then he was being a, a, a crazy homeless person, and he was like, I want more money and a limousine. And they're like, fuck you. We'll send you a fucking Uber or whatever. We had a 93. A taxi? A taxi. You will taxi to the set. But yeah, they, they, they just decided to cast a homeless man as this zombie with all the risks that that brought. It was a good performance. It was. I mean, might not actually be a performance. <laughs> he might be desperate for meth. So they use the trioxin to bring the get the, the bi- guy back to life, and um, like he sees Kurt and Julie through the window, and panics, and then they they shoot him with the the ice gun. Yeah. Um, which I had to point out here, I think the exoskeleton is a better route because you have to be like fucking pinpoint accurate with the ice gun. Right, and it it requires to have, like, a second person operating the fucking, like, hydraulics involved with it. And there's, it, it takes time to charge, so it's it's not an effective, you can't rapid fire this fucking thing. No. And they're like, yeah, but this is what the military decided to go with for now. That's right. So, yeah, they're, they're all celebrating their success when it turns out that the, the freezing doesn't really work that well. Yeah, it's... It's limited in its ability to uh, keep them down for very long. The zombie thaws and starts biting. And you know whose finger he bites off? Uh-uh. Well, it's the doctor. That actor yeah. is Anthony Hickox, who directed movies that we will eventually do. <laughs> he, it all comes full circle. He did Waxwork, he did Warlock, and Hellraiser oh. 3. Ooh. Oh, we need, yeah, we need to do the Hellraiser movie. Yeah. That that director just randomly fucking in this movie is an extra, basically. Probably friends with the guys. Like, dude, I just want to get my fingers bit off by a zombie. So all this, well, we can we can arrange that for you. Yeah, all this chaos goes down. They they eventually lock down the zombies. Kurt and Julie have I don't know why they decided to bang it out after this. Because they're horny teenagers. That's true. So they're banging it out to some 90s alternative music. And, like, uh. Some Alice and, in Chains is playing, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, and, and Julie has this kind of getting off a little bit on the zombies. I think she's kind of ADHD. Maybe. Because after the sex, she just goes like, oh man, remember when that guy was screaming? Or she's really turned on by it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could be. That was my interpretation that she was a little off. But that fits. Because given how the movie goes on, it's okay that she's off. Yeah. Maybe being off is what makes her who she is. Right. Because, she, well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Anyway, the dad comes home. 
because he's been reassigned. They fired him from this job. Yeah, in so much you can in fire a, a a colonel in the yeah. in the military. You can't really fire him. You can reassign him. And the dad's like, Kurt, we're we're moving to Oklahoma City in a week. And Kurt's like, uh, no, I, I, I've been dating a girl for like a month now. I'm actually getting some pussy. Yeah, I I, I ain't gonna go. I'm Dad, gonna- don't cock, don't cock block me, Dad. We're going to go drive race cars in North Carolina. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) And so he's like, fuck you, Dad. And he's like, Julie, come on. We're we're, we're going to Seattle on my motorcycle. Don't pack anything. And that's that's what they do. They're driving on their motorcycle to Seattle, and she starts grabbing his dick. It's like, it's a bad idea to do that in a car. It's a really bad idea to do that from the back of a motorcycle. Yeah, because they immediately get into an accident. And this bitch and she gets, yeah, she gets hereditaried <laughs> against a pole. Yeah, she did. She smashes into that thing like a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah, it's uh, it looked it looked painful. Yeah, she did. So he's like, "Oh wait, my dad's military base can bring dead people back to life. Let's do this." I just saw them bring people back to the dead. Let's yeah, let's just go do that. And like, I like when he go, he pulls up to the military base with a fucking dead body on his bike. Dude just waves him through. <laughs> just waves him through. Uh, we get we get to see Lieutenant Sinclair, you know Sarah Douglas setting up her exoskeletons. But uh, Kurt, you know he goes, he gets his PPE though. He puts on the the, the proper equipment to it's bring it. somebody back which to is, life, which is good because otherwise he would also be joining her. Yes, and he brings her back to life. Now, it's important to note here that Brian Yuzna, one of the reasons he was so keen on this movie is um, because he created Bride of the Reanimator and he felt cheated that 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 the girl he made for that movie did not get enough screen time. Yeah. So he was like, ah, well, I'm going to give this this undead girl all of the screen time. Well, and what it allows him to do is tell a story about the nature of what means to be alive. It does. Some very interesting philosophical questions about life and death. And it's also at this point that Kurt becomes the villain of this movie. Yeah, he's... Yeah. Um, Julie is his victim at this point. It is very clear that she does not want to be back. <laughs> yeah, because she comes up, she's like, oh, fuck, my neck. Oh, what, what the fuck happened? Did you bring me back from the dead, you fucking asshole? Yeah, so if... If anybody recalls from the first movie, exposure doesn't kill you right away. Uh, if you're alive, you know you eventually just kind of die, and then your brain starts deteriorating. But she she's already dead. But apparently she's intact enough to just kind of go to that state where she's just barely dead. Well, there's so a, she still has all of her uh, faculties. There's a line later where it points out that she's different because brain intact. Yeah, her she's. Much like the two guys in the first movie who who die after exposure and then live, quote-unquote, for a long time still with their faculties. Yeah, where they're talking, because, you know, you got the one guy that's, like, outside of the uh, the attic in the first movie. Yeah. It's like, I still love you. Come on outside. I just want right. to eat your brain. Yeah, that's right. So she's still got... She's still aware of what's going on. But, um... There's a consequence to being brought back as a zombie. Yeah, the consequences is you're a fucking zombie. And you are constantly hungry. And she does not know at first what she's hungry for. So they, um, a, a barrel zombie busts loose, so they gotta run. And, you know, this is where we first get our intimation of what's gonna happen, because Julie stops to look at the zombie and she's like, Oh, is that what I'm gonna become? And the answer is Yes. That's exactly what you will become, girl. Eventually, if you live long enough. Yeah, and then um, the military, you know, Charles and Charles' grandpa and the dad are there looking at the uh, security footage going, Oh, hey, it looks like we found your card. Your your son brought his dead girlfriend back to life. <laughs> yeah, about that. Yeah, so uh, they're back on the motorcycle, and Julie is complaining about, like, I'm so hungry. I need to eat something. Give me some fucking food. So they go to this convenience store and we get this this rather international gang playing an arcade game because they're Hispanic and Asian. Yes. 
I mean, if you think about Los Angeles in 1993, it's not entirely impossible. Yep, they're sitting there, um, and they're really into Street Fighter 2. Yep. I'm like, oh, they're playing Street Fighter 2. That's sweet. Yeah, they're playing Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition. Although the dialogue is like old people trying to talk about video games because they're like, we got past level 7. And I'm like, motherfuckers, you're at a Street Fighter 2 console and it's on the attract screen. Like, they're not even actually playing the game. Yeah, they, they didn't try back then. Sometimes they don't try now. Yeah. So, so Julie starts um, stuffing fucking hostess cakes in her face. Yeah, she's trying to find something that satisfies her. And Kurt's like, girl, girl, calm down. And um, the gang is like, don't you ever feed her? Yeah. And the the, the Asian store owner... I don't know what Asian he is. I didn't quite research enough. Yeah. But he comes up and he's like, you, you pay, you pay now! And while he's screaming at Julie, who's eating hostess cakes off the floor, the, the gang decides to rob the store. Right. It's it's a wild scene. Yeah. Bad, the, bad things happening. They, uh, the gang kills the, 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 the store owner. And then Julie bites one of the gangsters, whose name is Mogo, by the way. Yeah. And so that they run out and they shoot up the bike, so... But Julie, Julie, she kind of found what she's hungry for now. Yeah, they uh, get into the van. Leave me alone, I don't know what I want. Well, what are you gonna know? I don't know, and I taste it. Hey, man. What the fuck is wrong with her? Don't worry about it. Don't you ever feed her, Issy? <laughs> 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 hey, you asked your fucking question. Look, stay out! Right? Did you say something to me, I say? Look, I don't want any trouble. Whatever I said, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry and good enough. You hit him. Hey, man, what's the big deal? I, I didn't see him there. He, he, I'm sorry. It was an accident. He was standing right behind me. Come on, give me a break. Just let us go. Hey, hey, you guys. Take this outside, okay? Go! You, you pay for these before you eat them. Look, I have some money. Come on. Right. Pay me. Okay. And go. This is for Get the chair. Come on. Hey, stop it. Get away from there. Hey, easy, man. Easy, man. We're leaving. You, move out of the way. Move, move! Okay, man? Hey, hey, and you, put the money down. Put the money down. got the shootiest cops in Southern California yeah. here. I mean, it's 1993, so you just assume it's just LAPD doing LAPD things. Because the, 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 the proprietor's like, hospital is two blocks, but we get a two-block car chase, and it's just gunshots the whole way. Yeah, the shop owner's in the, uh, in the back. Like, take me to the hospital. And uh, they start to drive off. The cops show up and start unloading. 
Julia's grabbed a safety pin and is stabbing herself, going like, I'm so hungry! (laughs) Well, she realizes that if she can inflict pain on herself, that distracts from the hunger. For a bit. For a tiny bit. Much like a a drug addict, she finds a a tiny bit of way way to stave off the withdrawals. Yeah. Uh, The shop owner, he pops his head out of the back of the truck. He's like, I want out. And he's yelling at the cops, don't shoot, don't shoot. And they shoot him right in the fucking head. They just mow him down. (laughs) Well, Yeah, Julie's like, I'm hungry, and goes in the back. And Kurt doesn't think much of it at first. Right. Because when they when Kurt finally pulls the van into an alley, he goes back there, and Julie is just eating this dude. Yeah, he's got she's she's got some brains. She's just eating his brains, and she's like, "This helps." Yeah, turns out again in this universe, it's a pretty horrific existence to be a zombie, as we learned for the first movie. Yeah, and absolutely beautiful <clears throat> effects with the shop owner. Yeah. He's missing half of his fucking head, and then he gets up and he starts attacking cops. Right. Yeah, because this is something I don't fully understand. It seems like if someone infected by the actual gas, they turn slower and retain more of their, like, humanity. Yeah. Especially if their brain's intact and they're relatively fresh. Whereas if they're bit, someone's bit by one of the infected... They just go completely apeshit immediately. And if their brain is eaten, they have nothing. Right. And Julie ate this man's brain. Yeah. So he he just charges at these cops full zombie with half of his head. The government shows up. You know, Kurt's dad is there. They they freeze gun this shop owner. But Kurt and Julie have escaped to the sewer where Julie is. Yes. Julie is suicidal, at least. As much as a zombie can be. The pain helps. The pain makes the hunger go away. What are you doing? Stop it! Stop touching me! Stay away from me! Just leave me alone! How could you eat that? That man? It's your fault! Me! You made me this way! You brought me back. You should have just left me dead. You want to be dead? All right, that's fine. What was I thinking? Look at you, you're disgusting. Well, through the trip to the sewer, she's just picking up random trash and stabbing herself with it. Well, first she jumps off the the bridge. Yeah, they get her to a bridge right over the river, which it doesn't look like it'd be a big suicide river until you realize that the river's about five inches deep. Yes. That you're just. <laughs> This is Los Angeles. I think that's supposed to be the 7th Street Bridge. Yeah. Are we in East Los? I think we're in East Los. Oh, we have to be. Because also here, enter River Man. Yeah. I like this character. Oh, yeah. He's so unnecessary. Though. I mean, this, they make this guy a lead in the, the second act. Yeah, well, he's kind of like the prophet. We've technically had this guy before. He's in Joyride. Yeah, he sells them the car radio. He's also in Free Willy, too, if we ever venture that far down the rabbit hole. Uh, well. But Riverman is awesome. Yeah, I like this character. Um, he's a homeless man that lives next to the river. A former uh, denizen of Louisiana. Which really works when you're riding black homeless people in the 90s. I mean, there's probably a lot of ex-Louisiana homeless black people today down here. Oh, yeah, especially post-Katrina? A lot of displaced people. Yeah. Because he, he runs out to, to Kurt, because Kurt's running down the, the river looking for Julie, and he's like, I seen the river eat the people! Yeah, I mean... He's like, your bitch is dead! Oh, I guess <laughs> you're not. She's right over there. <laughs> and um, so Julie is like, I just want to die, Kurt. I wish I was dead, for real. And Kurt's like, oh, no, but I like you the way you were before. <laughs> because Kurt's our villain, really. He's kind of occupying that Ferris Bueller, like, oh, he's supposed to be the protagonist, but really not so much. Because it does not matter what Julie wants. Julie wants to die. Kurt's like, 
but I want to get laid. Which, trust me, we go there. Yeah. Meanwhile, the gang is out there, Santos and the gang, riding around in their 73 Grand Torino. Mogo slowly turning into a zombie. Yeah, and they're like, oh, that bitch gave you disease. So, and they're like, should we take him to the hospital? Yeah, we'll take him to the hospital after we kill bitch. Because they say bitch quite a lot. His priorities? Yeah. Well, I understand that they don't know Julie's name, but she is only the bitch. Yeah. And so, uh, Riverman just says he's getting, um, him and Julie into his hideout, into to Riverman base. Yeah, he's made a nice little cozy home for himself in the, the sewers, like it's he's a Teenage Ninja Turtle. Yeah, the, the gang shows up and they're like, Yo ass is grass, bitch! Kurt pulls, you know, Julie into, you know, Riverman base and is like, We can beat this together, Julie. Such a fucking dumb kid. Well, also, at this point, Julie is starting to just go full pinhead and like <laughs> some some delicious body horror yeah uh, julie is she's also complaining that she's getting cramps and feeling stiff and i'm like that's right. the rigor yeah <laughs> just just get your girl some brains she'll be fine but riverman has like an entire base here he set himself up a whole like fucking studio apartment in the sewer yeah it looks actually pretty cozy yeah he he is rat kinging it up here he even says, I may live with rats, but I sure as hell ain't one of them. Right, because he's trying to get kids to tell him what the hell happened with the gang, gang members. And then Kurt has his Speedway junkie moment, where he's like, I'm going to go to Seattle and be a drummer in a band. Yep. You know, if you want to know more what that's like, see uh, Speedway Junkie, episode 41. Stay golden, Tony boy. Yeah. So, uh, but Riverman's like, Oh, you're good. You know what you have inside. If people could figure out what they have inside, there would be a lot more happy people. Because Riverman's all, like, philosophy. Yeah, well, you're a homeless guy living alone in the sewer. But he's also also self-conscious enough to know that his philosophy is bullshit. Because when Kurt's like, oh, wow, you know a lot of stuff, he's like, I don't. I'm a man that lives in the sewers. (laughs) the fuck do I know? Here, take this Mardi Gras coin. And he, he gives him the philosophy of pay it forward. Right. Like, I helped you, and I give you this coin, so someday you can help somebody and give them this coin. And that way there's somebody always doing something good for somebody. And um, Julie is like, what are we going to do, Kurt? And Kurt's like, we're going to go Seattle, and I'm going to play drums in a band, and you can party all night. And Julie, is, she's literally, like, shaking like a junkie. Right, she hasn't had brains in, like, a couple hours. Yeah, she's cutting herself up. And then, uh, Kurt's like, oh, Julie, it's okay. And they fuck, which, at this point, is necrophilia. Yeah, well, again, the movie is kind of about what it means to be alive. and Especially the latter half of the movie, or latter parts of the movie, when they're experimenting on the, the zombies, like... How, you know, is this humane, even? Like, yeah, they're dead, but we know that they feel. You know, they feel pain and anguish. And oh, well, Kurt has lines earlier about, like, you're so cold. You know, he knows that Julie is a corpse. But you know what? Right. They both orgasm. Yeah. I don't know how she does, but okay. She's dead. I don't know how them nerves are working. Well, I mean, she still feels pain, right? She could also feel pleasure. I guess so. Yeah. So anyway, the gang's showing up while um, Kurt has his conversations with Riverman. Julie goes full-on body modification. Yeah, she's like dragging chains through her neck, putting spikes through her fingers, glass through her palm. Oh, lots of glass. Just whatever shit she can find in the sewer. She she gets a rock like through her hand on a sling. Yeah. And she, she she turns herself into, like, body mod battle S&M zombie here. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, the gang shows up. They wake up Rifferman, and they call him Kaka, which is a big raised eyebrow at that. But Kurt comes out with a baseball bat, and he, he does his best, and they, they beat the shit out of him. But then Julie reveals herself, and it's awesome. I mean, it's all of her body modifications, and she's, she's standing there. Did you know that that was nine hours of makeup? <laughs> 
Jesus. Nine hours it took to make Julie Julie, and- Also, she's topless, but at this oh, yeah. point- At this point, Julie's tits are a character. They just exist for the rest of the movie now. They're also pierced several times. Again, she's- <laughs> Focus on the pain. The only thing that's real. Yeah. So, we will see Julie's tits for the entirety of the rest of the movie, in every other shot. I have a note here, like, I don't think Kurt's gonna be have se- having sex with her again. It's logistically impossible with all them spikes. Yeah, I think it's it would, it would be painful for him. Yeah, because she is just glass through every part of her body. She's just covered in spikes. But Santos is into it. Yeah, Santos is kinky. Santos is like... Oh, we were gonna kill you, but I, I've decided to fuck you now. So he, she has plans. <laughs> she has plans for him. So, so he takes her into to the Riverman base, and you know we hear him screaming in pain. And Julie comes out looking badass. She's partially decapitated, Santos. Yep, and still attached. The spine is still attached, but like the head is pulled off. Yeah, it's pretty gruesome. Oh, a great effects, though. Jesus. Yeah. She's just, like, dragging him. Yeah, by by his spine. <laughs> and then Mogo dies, and he, he flips out on the, the girl, Alicia, her name was. Yeah. And so, at this point, all of the gangsters are zombies now. Yep, everyone's a zombie. Um, Although Santos, Santos is the coolest zombie with his gigantic, fucking bouncy, bobble giraffe head. Yes. And um, he's banging on the door saying, Abre la puerta, which my friends and I thought was just cool zombie speak. We didn't know that it was actually Spanish. Yeah. We just thought this was shit zombie set, so we would play zombie games and be screaming, Abre la puerta! What? <laughs> because we didn't know what it meant. It means open the door. <laughs> right. They're pounding on the door, Abre la puerta! Yeah, funny. And um, they're all zombies. And Riverman is like, oh, hey, I get uh, I get it now, Kurt. Your girlfriend is dead, isn't she? Yeah. Well, and remember, zombie is part of, you know, Cajun culture, right? Like, Oh, yeah. There are a lot of voodoo zombies. We, we'll we'll yeah. do some voodoo zombie movies at some point, I'm sure. In fact, I even think he, he calls her Loa. Loa, yeah. Zombie, which is a voodoo zombie. So he, he understands what she is. And so they're they're trying to nail the door shut, and Kurt's like, "Where are all the nails?" Well, Kurt, you've seen where the nails are. Yeah, they're all in your girlfriend. And so Julie's trying to tie herself up. She's she's losing it. She she knows that she's like, "I'm gonna go full on zombie." The pain doesn't help anymore. Yeah, because like a drug addict, you need more and more to keep those withdrawals at bay. And she's like, Kurt, tie me up, kill me. And Kurt, our villain, is like, no, I love you. You must suffer because I like getting my dick wet in zombie pussy. I think for some reason he keeps thinking there is a A cure way to fix this. So Kurt tells Riverman to take take Julie away while he uh, fends off against the gang zombies. And um, that doesn't work out too well for Riverman. No, because Julie Hungry. Julie Hungry. She fucking kills Riverman and is eating his brain. And Kurt walks in going like, oh, no, Julie, what did you do, sweetheart? Yeah, you dumbass. You should have listened to her and tied her up because she's craving brains. And she because goes, zombies in your universe are in immense pain and psychological torture 24-7. And she, she, she goes after Kurt, and Kurt has to literally just, he has to knock her out with a pipe to where she's like, oh shit, I'm a zombie. Kurt, kill me. End this. And that's like right when the military shows up. Yeah, his dad shows up. And he's like, son, move out of the way. He, he, he does eventually, and they, they freeze gun Julie. But does the movie end there? No. No. We get a scene where Dad's, like, actually giving good advice to his son. Well, and this is, it's, because, again, this movie is a lot about, also about grief. Oh, yeah. Processing of grief, loss. And uh, his dad is like, I was a shitty dad because all I did when your mom died was 
instead of trying to deal with my grief, just hide it behind work. Yeah. He's talking about grief, trying to get Kurt to understand what the process of grief is. And will Kurt follow that advice? Not really. No. He, uh, and apparently he has carte blanche around the, the facility now. Yeah, even though his dad's being reassigned in our, uh, our, our, uh, what's her name? Uh, Sinclair is the character. Sinclair, name. yeah. Colonel Sinclair has now taken over. Well, apparently he was already reassigned. Because Sinclair True. pushed through the orders at the 11th hour to give him reassigned at midnight. Yeah, it, he was supposed to still be under command for a little bit longer. But she wants to. She wants to set up her uh, her zombie Bex ASAP. Yeah, and um, because like Kurt's dad, his, his he's only there to pack up his shit and go. But somehow yeah. they decided that his kid has carte blanche to to just wander around the base and watch all of them these experiments going on, and they won't question this fucking high school kid watching top secret experiments anymore. Well, and they're, and they're fucking with these zombies. They're like, it's like torture. And again, since the movie really is dealing with like, yes, they're technically dead, but also they still feel and think they have emotions. Like, should they even be remotely doing any of this experimentation and stuff? Yeah, they're discussing about like, hey, there's there's some cognitive stuff going on in that girl. They're not just animated flesh. They're like, good, makes her a better weapon. Yeah, well, Sinclair is our our secret villain. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. The whole military is trying to use them as weapons, but Sinclair especially is very happy to see that she has the potential to make even better weapons. She's living up to the character that she had in Superman 2. Yeah. Just cold, does not understand human. Uh, Julie is in a cage, and she's marked Specimen 32, with exclamation points around brain intact! And she's naked and in a harness. She's in the Zardoz harness now. Yeah. And this doctor's like, hey! Dallas, yeah, when Kurt's looking at her, the, this guy's like, hey, that's the weapon of the future right there. And, you know, he points out Mecha River Man yeah. being put into a this mech thing that... That costume weighed 75 pounds, by the way. The, the mech suit? Ooh, Ooh yeah. It, it wore that poor dude out. And um, they're like, Mecha Riverman's the prototype. Mecha Julie is next. They are biomechanical weapons driven by meat batteries. And I'm like, oh, like Frankenstein's army? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Kurt decides to, to let Julie out. And while he's creating a distraction, you know... My note literally says Mecha River Man here. He he starts killing. Yep. We get a reprieve from the nudity as he gives Julie his jacket. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're trying to escape, and uh, they they kind of convince Mecha River Man to help them. Yeah, it reminds him of the coin. Yeah, he's like, hey, hey, remember? You used to be River Man. Even though the, uh, the military is blasting away his limbs. Yeah, but they still work because these zombies can keep controlling their limbs and stuff, even if they're just dismembered. And the mech suit. Right, and they're st- he's still strapped to the mech suit, so he can still get the mech suit to work. Yeah. Which I think was the idea, of course, right? One of the one of the advantages of the mech suit. This is why it's better military tech than freeze gun. Right. As awful and, as it is. And apparently you can also shut them down or lock them in it. Yeah, that seems not to be that effective because you have to get right up on that zombie to pull the switch. Yeah, it seems like a, it seems a little uh, dicey. It's like trying to kill a Gundam with a button on its face. Yeah, <laughs> get right up in there. Yeah, and so uh, Kurt tells Julie like we're gonna get out of here, and she's like, "Where we go? Where we belong?" And they uh, they walk hand in hand into the incinerator, and they Romeo and Juliet themselves alive. Yep. Yeah, they're well, kissing. Because, uh, because he did get bit at this point. Yeah, he did get bit by one of the barrel zombies that had that busted out. So he's going to turn to, and he knows it. Because they, uh, they basically caused the zombie apocalypse because of their love. But they're like, oh shit, we ain't going to see the consequences. <laughs> they, they walk right into the incinerator and make out as they die. And the end. Uh, there's two more sequels, by the way. 
that came out really? way later. Huh. There's Return of the Living Dead Necropolis. Oh. And then Return of the Living Dead Rave to the Grave. Uh. That sounds like something I don't ever want to watch. <laughs> Although I've actually heard good things about it. Both of those came out in 2005. Yeah. And apparently, as of July 2023, a reboot to the franchise was announced. That does not sound promising. No, we're we're past the the, the this generation's zombie fad. Because zombie fads come and go. Right. Well, it's just like, when is a remake rare? I mean, okay, we've done some where the remake has been good, like uh, My Bloody Valentine. Oh, My Bloody Valentine remake is the best. I but, don't know why that's our least listened to episode. It's such a good movie. I know the the remake was actually really good. It's so that's a weird. It's a that's the exception though, rather than the rule of remakes. It's so weird because with that week's episode, is My Bloody Valentine is one of our highest rated episodes, and then the remake is like one of our lowest listened to episodes. <laughs> with the irony being that. Uh, the remake is better than the original. The remake is so good. You know, from the writer of Jason X. I mean, come yeah. on, people. Yeah, it is. It's unfortunate, but, you know, people like what they like. I don't think a Return of the Living Dead remake will, will hit those heights, though. No, and I, I doubt. I mean, who knows? They get the right people involved. Maybe it'll be good, but it's such a, like... The odds are so stacked against a remake, especially if horror films being good. Yeah. This movie, however, excellent. Where do you put it with the coffee scale? This is morning coffee. This is an excellent movie. Like, just on its own merits, it's an excellent movie. What was what was my... Like, I gotta look up... Because right, I messaged you as soon as I finished watching. You told me it was Shakespearean, is what you said. Yes. I said... Surprisingly cerebral themes of loss, pain, and humanity racked up in a Shakespearean tragedy. Also zombies. Yeah. Which is uh, what it was. I mean, you have a very Romeo and Juliet aspect. You have a lot of dealing with what it means to be alive. Like, do you need a heartbeat to be alive? Obviously, Julia is perfectly capable of thoughts, feelings, pain, love. Yeah, and she like, doesn't want any of those, though. She just wants to die. Right, because the pain and the is is too great. They're suffering. I mean, we see that with the old lady zombie in the first one. Yeah, but Kurt is so selfish. He's a teenager, and he doesn't understand. So, yeah. And they're, they're poor, just like his dad, poor at pro- processing grief. And so there are these themes. There's actually, like, themes to this movie. It's very different than the first one, which is also good for very in a in a more fun whimsical sort of way. Yeah, the first one is good in a fun way. This one is good in a, like a serious way. Which I guess I was not expecting to uh, have a think about the philosophical nature of humanity, but you know, that's uh, what I get out of this movie. So, well, it's excellent. If you want to follow where this movie led me, I watched this movie when I was a kid. Well, when I was fourteen, loved it. Wanted to see more from the Brian Yesna. That led me to Reanimator, which led me to Lovecraft. So I, I read Lovecraft because of this movie, in a way. Before you get there, Lovecraft's got some very interesting stuff, also about the nature of humanity. His uh, opinion was not particularly good though, about that, though. He had a very nihilistic view of humanity. Yeah, Lovecraft was a Julie. <laughs> yes. Yes, he was. I just want to die! <laughs> Everything is hell. <laughs> the world is a scary place. Women and minorities are horrible. I hate everything. Yeah, that was pretty. That was pretty much Lovecraft. But yeah, I definitely also place this as morning coffee. Yeah, it's it's a really good movie. Like like I said, just on its own merits, it's a good movie. not even just like good for a zombie movie. It's just a good movie. So, uh, anything else about Return of the Living Dead? Other than I hope it's like amazing. Yeah, I hope if they do remakes of the of the Return of the Living Dead and say that it's not complete trash. It's more in this cerebral Lovecraftian vein. Yeah, I, 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 I it's yeah. I, I would be cool. If, I mean, if they wanted to go full comedy horror on it, make it like good quality, then that's cool too. But I definitely appreciated what they did here. But we've had so many great zombie comedies. I mean, we had Shaun of the Dead, we had Zombieland. That you really well, can't do a, a, an original zombie comedy anymore. When was the last time we had like an actual serious zombie movie? Not like TV shows, because they've been out a few times with TV shows. But 
Oh, yeah, it's different. Like, we recently had Last of Us with TV shows. Movie-wise? Well, do you mean America, or do you want to go international here? Because Train, Train to Busan from Korea is an amazing, serious zombie movie. That's a, that's pretty recent. Okay. Yeah, I was just mostly thinking, like, on uh, Western-produced films, American specifically. Like, we haven't done a... In America, we haven't done, like, a serious zombie. We've kind of just let that go to... It's like, well, The Walking Dead was really good, and Last of Us is really good, so then no one wants to even try to tackle it in short form anymore. I, mean, I think the, the Dawn of the Dead remake had some serious moments. The only thing I remember from the Dawn of the Dead remake, really, uh, other than it being very fun, was them building a bus while Richard Cheese's version of Down with ah, the Sickness was. I knew you'd say that, because that's what I remember was Richard Cheese. That was my introduction to Richard Cheese, and I'm like, this is fucking incredible. The movie's fun, though. Like, the remake, that's actually another one of the remakes that turned out pretty well. But yeah, this has been our episode on uh, Return of the Living Dead 3. So next week, Swimsploitation, which, Swimsploitation is a specific genre, but we're doing Swim Fan. I, I watched Swim Fan in college. Well, it was your pick. You picked Swim Fan for us. I did, I did pick Swim Fan because it's, um,. It's a movie of its era. Yeah, it'll be an interesting episode, because I went, like, super deep dive on this movie. Seems appropriate, given the theme of the movie. I went super deep dive to where I was reading the Wikipedia edit notes. That is a deep dive. Yeah. And we'll get into that. And then we have an actual someone's flotation movie, you know, with kids at the beach swimming and shit. (laughs) But swimming swimming is involved... Well, obviously, swimming is involved in Swim Fan. There's plenty of swimming. There's plenty of hot, shirtless men splashing in the water. <laughs> yes. And also Erica Christensen's in there somewhere. Yes, from Traffic. That's right. The, the, is that Julia Stiles? Yeah. <laughs> Erica the, Christensen. I think I saw the movie in college because I thought she was cute. I think that's pretty much the only reason I saw this movie. So I guess you're a fan of 10 Things I Hate About You? <laughs> I haven't seen 10 Things I Hate About You. But does, doesn't doesn't have a great scene in it that's a really good Midwest emo intro? I'm just joking because that's Julia Stiles. <laughs> yeah, that's Julia Stiles. But yeah, so next week is Swim Fan. So, you can catch our episodes at our website, www.exploitedpodcast.com, and we will catch you next time, all you swim fans out there. That's right. Good night. Good night.